Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. And welcome in to the start of Season 6, the official start. We are back, the 104 Sports Report, you know, my name's Brian Burroughs, I'm joined, as always, by Alex Brooks and Alex. We're starting with a little bit of breaking news here uh-huh. on the 104 Sports Report. Official on Twitter five hours ago that uh, head volleyball coach Toby Renz yep. has resigned, according to the press release announced by the school this afternoon. This Oswego State Assistant Vice President of Student Affairs and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics, Wendy McManus, announced the resignation of head volleyball coach Tommy Renz, effective February 1st. We thank Coach Renz for his time in Oswego Mission Best in the Future, said McManus. Our program made significant progress this fall, and the future is bright for Laker Volleyball. We are excited to find our next leader to take us to the next level. The national search will commence as soon as possible by the university to fill the position. Big loss, Alex. Wow, Brian. Like, I walked into the studio and I was just hit by that. You told me before we got on that Toby Renz resigned and I was like, what? I couldn't even believe you. Um, yeah, this, this is not a, it's not a good look for, uh, uh, the Lakers right now. Um, he was pretty much the main reason why this volleyball team, you know, was turning it around and they, and in Toby Renz's system. And we were talking about back in the fall, we were like, okay, it was, a sour end to the season, but we were also excited because we were under the assumption that he was going to stay at least for one more year where we could get another year in the system and see if he can take that team to the next level. But now hearing this news that he is now gone as, um, out as the volleyball head coach after one year. So it's a, it's a, it's a sad way to, uh, see for this, uh, Oswego volleyball uh, team because they were they were on the rise and now that their coach is out they gotta they gotta start all over now they gotta find a new new person at the helm. Yeah, it's tough. You know, he was like it was like a great find for Oswego athletics. He had been the head coach for the Georgetown volleyball team, a Division One program, and like that is an outstanding find. You know, getting a Division One head coach, bringing him down to Division Three, and the team took a huge leap. They went from 2021 being 12 and 14, a record of one and eight in the SUNYAC, to then 17 and 11, five and four in the SUNYAC. It was it's a massive leap in just a single year under the new head coach. And if you just take a look at the numbers, like they improved significantly. Their no, their kills in 2021 was 933. They went up to 1111, or yeah, 1111, one 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 one. Like their their errors were down. Attempts were up by almost two, oh, almost 200. Kill percentage was up almost 6%, which like doesn't seem like a lot, but that's really good. Kills per set up 0.7, went from 10.1 to 10.8. Like He made a significant improvement with this team, and he had some really good players. Like you said, we were hoping that going into next season, the volleyball team was going to be this powerhouse under Coach Renz in his second year. Now it's time for a new coach. Yeah, and you also got to see that 
um, th three players right here, just looking at kills, three players were above 200 kills on the season. And then Sydney Chiffler-Riller had 194 kills. So you're just looking at that three. She, they He turned the team into having three athletes get over 200 kills and being able to just be 10 and 0 at home and man it it's just a it's just a sad way to see this uh team uh not be able to get another another year with Toby Renz but moving into now they have to find a new head coach they were able to find Toby Renz so I'm I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to not find someone maybe not as you know, prominent as Coach Renz, but I'm confident that they'll be able to find someone and be able to uh, take them to the next level, even with a different head coach. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the kills. Two, three players over 200. Last year, they didn't have a single one. Last year, their leading kills was at was 186. Or, yeah, one, sorry, 186 by Georgia Ferry. That number took a huge decrease. Carson Plusio, Emma... And then I believe they lost Emma Fiorentine from last year, but she had 136. That 136 third place this last season, 2021, was over 200 in 2022. That's great work by him. Now, by Coach Renz. Now, this, going into next year, they're losing some people. McKenna Corbin was definitely one of their like stronger points in the team. She's a senior. I don't believe she'll be back next year. I could be wrong. She could have an extra year of eligibility. But... Um, you have uh, people like Katie Lilly will be back Carson Plincio only a sophomore Georgia Ferry a junior Emily Zeisler sophomore and I know they're Sydney Tiffer also senior she might be gone but there's a lot of people on this team that are returning that were really big impacts that were no longer sure they can they, if a new system they may not be as good right They they may not be as good but it's also something to look forward to obviously with having uh most of your team back and it could and it put a track to that new head coach exactly it has high quality players exactly and then just seeing from last season how they had a lot of success during this season and being able to as you said attract a new head coach so it's going to be interesting to see if they'll be able to attract a possibly d2 or even a d1 coach like Toby Renz to get um, this volleyball program going. But, you know, they, they have some time. They have some time until next season. Next season doesn't start until um, next fall. Next fall. Yeah. yeah, next so fall. Really, like this, they have a lot of time to, they so a new head coach. It, it was... They have to do their, do their homework on getting a new, new position. Exactly. And it was... And they're probably going to try to find someone that is more loyal, I would say. I would hope. I, I'm I'm guessing they want someone who's going to be very loyal, you know, can be a couple of years into this program in order to just take what they've had, ha have the success, and then for another couple of years and try to, you know, compete for a SUNYAC championship. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think, I, I mean, I would hope that, they part of their search this year is someone who's going to agree to be here for a couple of years. Obviously, we don't know why Toby Renz left. It hasn't been announced yet. Obviously, this is, like I said, breaking news pretty much. Only a few hours old here. But really hoping that 
um, the person they find to replace this will commit to longer than just a single year. Toby Renz has committed to the program, which is unfortunate. But like we said, we have no clue what the circumstances of him leaving are. Hope for the best for him in the future if he has another coaching job lined up. Like I said, like Division One coach in the past, that he could be heading back to Division One. He could have been poached. We have no clue. Mm-hmm. That just hasn't come out yet. But yeah, I sh- it's it's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate, and at least they have a good amount of time to find a new one uh, until next fall, as we mentioned. But we're gonna go over to some sad news for the Lakers, and we're gonna go over to some men's basketball because Brian, we did have an interview. Oh yes, we did. And it was our first coach. And it was for the men's basketball team, Coach Jason Leone, uh, sat down with us for an interview over Zoom while he was on the road the to Geneseo. So many storylines before that game. We appreciate Coach Leone for giving us the time while he was in his car. I I was I was trying to figure that out when I was when I was looking because we did it over Zoom and it looked like he just like stuck his phone up on the dash and it looked like he just like just was uh off the side of the road. So it, we thank uh coach Leone for sitting down with us. We were just talking about you know the season so far. What what to expect from you know players like Jeremiah Sparks, who uh, did eclipse a thousand points. Uh, we'll get more into that, but you know we we'll uh, we'll send to the we'll send you guys to the interview with Jason Leone right now. Welcome into another interview for the 104 Sports Report, Season 6, Episode 1. We have a very special guest, Coach Jason Leone of the men's basketball team. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Really looking forward to this. Well, we thank you very much. Yeah, we thank you very much for doing this, especially... You on the road, uh, going to Geneseo for the men's basketball game. So we'll start off um, with the first question, which is what's been the message to the team each week during the season? Well, as you guys know from covering as many sports as you do, uh, that, you know, each team and each season takes on a life of its own that you can't fully prepare for. So, you know, that message changes uh, no matter how much you prepare as a coach or as a player. Um, I think one of the things we learn about sports all the time is that, you know, we can't fully prepare because there's things that come about um, during the season that provide us with opportunities and, you know, needing to adjust, right? So um, part of our role as coaches is to make sure that we um, properly evaluate and communicate with team members and, um, and observe what goes on in practices and games. And then, you know, that message changes as the year goes on, you know, it's almost like we play three to five different seasons within a season. You know, we have our non-conference schedule, 
even before that, we have our preseason where we prepare for about 20 to 30 days before we play for the first time. We've got a couple scrimmages in there to kind of just kind of play against somebody else for the first time that year. Uh, and then, you know, inevitably you're going to have injuries, sickness, you know, um, obviously the last couple of years we dealt with COVID and, um, you know, in our sport, sometimes we deal with weather and cancellations and, um, and then you get to the second half of the season where the guys, you know, in division three, our guys go home, uh, for about 14 days and then they come back and it's almost like you're starting over again. Um, and, uh, and then you have new players that come into your program every year and, um, you know, typically it takes those players some adjustment time. Um, and I look at our team and we've got guys that maybe didn't play as well or, or maybe not didn't play as well, but were less comfortable early on in the year as they tried to figure out their role. And now they're playing significantly better and more comfortable. So the messages that we give our team every week um, uh, really revolve around observation and figuring out, you know, what that motivational uh, talk will be that week uh, to get our guys ready for what's ahead. Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, point about like a couple couple seasons within the season. It's like you really think like, oh, it might could be one message throughout the entire season. Just like you guys do this, do this, you'll win your games or not. But like yep. the fact that you can say like each like there could be a couple seasons like oh, this one week is one season and a couple weeks here, yep. especially now I know like you're getting to the end of the season here. It's all Suniac for the rest. Of Right. Now. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we get, we get done with one of our mini seasons tonight. We have our fourth road game in a row and then we play five games in a row at home. We're at home for the next three weeks, which we have barely been at home this whole year. So, you know, it's just, you know, you're, you're, it's funny. I, you know, every year and I do this and I've been doing this for a long time and you sit down and you start planning for your season. You're like, all right, this is what we're going to do on offense. This is what we're going to do on defense. This is where we see, personnel wise who we think is going to be you know players from a schematic standpoint that we plan around having prominent roles and then you look at the end of the year and all the stuff I'm doing back in October and November sometimes we're hardly doing any of it at the end of the year so it, it really is about observation and uh and uh and being able to adjust yeah. So I know this is the first time we've talked to you. So I was wondering if you could just give us a, like a quick like recap of your season so far. I know you had the good stretch at the beginning, followed by that tough week with Nazareth and Brockport. But since then, you guys have been rolling. So yeah. So I don't I don't know what it is. If I could figure it out, I would probably do something about it. But typically, our teams. Um, I don't know if I'd use the word start slow, but you know, our team certainly, and this is a good thing, gets better as the year goes on. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to lose a couple, one or two games early where, you know, I tend to look back at the end of the year and you're like, oh man, I wish I had a chance to have that one back, you know? Um, I, I don't know what the reason for that is. Um, you know, I think part of the reason may be that we're always infiltrating, you know, some new guys and obviously the transfer uh, recruiting has been a big part of what we've done here. Um, it's been it hasn't made up the biggest part of our roster, but we typically have, you know, two or three older guys on the team that may be new. And those guys are almost like freshmen getting them acclimated. Um, but yeah, so this, this year we obviously had some high expectation with the preseason ranking coming off last year, uh, historic year for our program. And um, I think our guys handled that really well. Um, I think that, you know, obviously we started out with so many road games and uh, we got through that stretch. Okay. And, 
we had an opportunity to win both the games that we've lost this year. Um, and I just noticed since we've been back from break, our team has really um, improved a lot. And uh, we've played quality opponents. And I think we've played 17 games at this point, and we've only played four games at home. So our record is good, but it's, I think, all the more impressive the way we've played because we've played so many games in, in different environments. Yeah, most definitely. And um, so bringing it back to just to talk more about that Brockport game, obviously you took that loss to Nazareth. And then as Brian mentioned, you took that loss to Brockport. What would you say like during that game that you guys struggled with and how did you take that loss to Brockport to now being on an 11 game winning streak and uh, getting well, hot. It almost seems impossible to think about watching our team play the last few weeks here that we could score 47 points in a game, huh? So yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's one thing I think about. I think anytime, you know, offense is a lot more difficult to coach, in my opinion, than defense. And um, because there's a lot more abstract nature to that facet of the game. And uh, typically teams evolve offensively a little bit slower during a season than they do in defense. Defense is a little bit more um, tangible with where guys are supposed to be and that type of thing. Um, anyway, so, you know, we, anytime you play, especially in front of your home fans and, and you have that anemic of performance, uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. And then obviously it's against a pretty uh, respected rival um, that we have. And um, I thought they came in, they kind of took it to us. We were still at a point in the season where we we're trying to, trying to figure out some roles and, to Brock, Brockport's credit, I thought the result of the game was more about how well they played than it was, um, you know, certainly uh, some of the things that we did. They were really a, an ultra-focused group. We were still, you know, at a point in the season where I think um, we were kind of trying to figure out exactly how good we, we were. Um, and that's very typical for our teams early in the year. So um, that was a long time ago. Uh, it's something we'll be able to draw upon for the rest of the season. Uh, in a good way, it just stinks that you have to go through learning lessons while you lose to somebody, especially somebody that's at the top of your league that uh, is such a substantial rival for us. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, talking about this 11-game winning streak, you just came off a week the weekend sweep of Oneonta, New Paltz, Oneonta, Suniac Championship rematch game for the first time this season. And then New Paltz, and in New Paltz was the game you guys lost late last year. Like, how big is that weekend just kind of like feeling like, yeah, you still have it over Oneonta, and now you've known you've gone into New Paltz and you pretty much demolished them 100-point outing. Yeah, so we played really well. I think our guys were and, – and, and even before that, we went to Cortland. So we played, you know, three of the top teams here in the past, uh, you know, stretch, three consecutive games on the road, and uh, we won each of them, I think, by double figures. So that's – that's impressive. The guys deserve credit. I thought our approach to the game um, was just ultra focused. We had a really good week of practice. And obviously with New Pulse, that was even more impressive to me because we had zero days of prep. It was a back to back. We had to travel, um, you know, between cities uh, the night before. Um, and um, I just think our, our focus right now has been great. Our leadership's been great. Uh, we're doing a lot of the intangible things and guys are really fulfilling their roles, but um, to turn around and play on Saturday after, you know, what was a really physical game on Friday night at New or at Oneonta uh, was certainly um, as impressed as I've been with our team all season. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's been, you know, on this 11 game winning streak, it's just been really nice to see you guys just come up and 
continue to just be hot going into Geneseo and just being able to do that. And then also um, Jeremiah Sparks, he's about to hit a thousand points. It could be in tonight's game. He's about like 15 points away from getting that. What is it like to coach one of that players to reach that milestone? Well, it's happened a few times, which is a good thing for our program. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly a signature mark that happens in our sport. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's pretty impressive that Jeremiah's done it in just three years. You know, um, he, you know, I think Jeremiah has evolved as much as any player that I've coached here. Um, when he came here, he had some, not necessarily his fault, but some some immature facets of his game. Uh, he was not a convi- convi- committed uh, defensive player, um, and he really worked on his body, on his conditioning, and you know not only does he score a lot, and he's become a much more efficient player. Um, he's really worked hard on reading defenses and and taking care of the ball and making better decisions with the ball in his hand and getting others involved. And then you know he guards the other team's best player every game, and I don't think there's been a uh, a player that's gotten their numbers against him this year. So he really is a complete player and he's an exceptional leader, uh, both verbally and emotionally. Um, there's been, never been a time where um, I've ever questioned his effort in four years. And that, that alone, uh, in addition to the, to the, the milestone he's about to accomplish uh, is really impressive to me um, because, you know, we all know there's, you can achieve that record in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of players that play in losing programs you know, when you don't play in high leverage situations, it's a little bit easier when you have pressure on you to score a lot of points. Um, Jeremiah has done it where he's had to give, it up, give up a lot of his offense um, because we're so balanced. Um, and he hasn't neglected the other parts of the game that can help his team win a championship. So he's not just a scorer. He's a winning player. He's a championship caliber player. And that's I'm, I'm as proud of that as anything. Uh, so you mentioned Jeremiah having to kind of pass up some sort of scoring opportunities because you're so balanced. I just happened to be looking through some stats today and you guys are both a top 30 offense in the country and a top 20 defense in the country. Is there like a specific thing you can attribute that to, or is it really just that balance across your entire roster? Well, I think we have a really good combination of, you know, talented players. Okay. So, and the guys um, we have, this is the, as many guys as I've had uh, since I've been the coach here that can, you know, score on the perimeter in the post and they can, they can get, you know, play in the open floor and get to the foul line. So when you can score in a lot of different ways, like three-point shooting really opens up the game, right? So um, because we're putting it out there, you know, usually four guys that can really shoot the ball, it, it begs the defense to extend out further, which opens up driving lanes and, and opens up opportunities for offensive rebounding and that type of thing. But at the same time, these guys aren't just one-way players. They're good on defense. So everybody knows that the more stops you get on defense – you know, it's a lot easier to run in transition, which is a strength of this team. Um, and, and you get more uncontested shots when you're playing up-tempo and in transition. So um, it's certainly a complementary basketball game for us. Um, offense helps defense and defense helps offense. Um, the team continues to get better each and every day. And, and uh, another part of being a really good offensive team is you have to be unselfish. So you have to get the ball to guys when they're open. And um, our team really is is an unselfish group of guys. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, one final question is that you have five home games uh, left, five in a row, as you mentioned before, out of the eight games left. What would you say is the most 
what would you say is the most important thing of being at home for most of the rest of or being home for the rest of the games uh, for most of the games of the season? I think because we played on the road so often, okay, we're kind of used to doing that. And I think sometimes people say, oh, well, you're going to be at home. And there's an assumption that because you're at home, you're going to win. And although we prefer to play at home, you're always more comfortable there. You have less travel and um, the things that go that are, you know, um, can be uh, troublesome about playing on the road. We don't have to deal with some of those things, but um, just because we're playing at home doesn't guarantee us anything. So I'll be very quick to remind our guys that we've got to play good basketball in order to win. And we try to keep the message pretty simple with our guys. You know, play the way that we play. Let's remember what got us uh, to this point in the season What and the, and the times when we've played really well. Let's try to do those things, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm not a coach. We're not a program that is overly complicated. We don't try to make um, – ask the guys to do, you know, 10 or 15 things really well. We try to identify two or three really important fundamental things that we, we value and try to – you know, hold the guys accountable with those things. And, and hopefully on the better teams, like we have this year, the guys hold each other accountable with those things. So I think that's a big deal. Uh, uh, Coach, thank you so much. I think that's everything we have for you. And uh, good luck tonight. And I can't wait to talk to you again later in the season when you guys are hopefully doing just as well. I hope so too. And thanks guys. You guys do a wonderful job. I've listened to your show before. And uh, thanks for thinking of me. And sorry I made you wait here a little bit. Ah, no, no worries. It's all good. Thank okay, you very much, touch, Coach. Stay in touch, guys. Let me know if you need anything. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome back from the interview. Again, thank you so much, Coach Leone, for sitting down with us. It was an amazing interview. Uh, Coach Leone gives some of the best interviews I have like I've ever been a part of. His answers are so good. They're like they're not like super long, super wordy. He hits every point he wants while also being so descriptive. Like you know, like when you're talking to him, and obviously you just listen to the interview, his answers like to our questions hit every single point that we like we're looking for, <laughs> and then some just to tell the story of the season so well. Yeah, and he he takes you in to like you're a part of the basketball team. Yeah. He takes you into what they do in practice, what they do uh, during the season, what they do during the off season. He like, he, you know, paints a picture when he's telling us these, uh, these stories and his analysis. So yes, thank you, Jason Leone for uh, this interview once again. And, you know, for that game, they did end up winning Brian against Geneseo. And man, what a domination from the Lakers! That's a crazy game. That's back. To, so they won 100, 100 to sixty-two. That's back-to-back one hundred point wins. They were only up one at the end of the first half. They were up thirty-three to thirty-two at the end of the first. They put up sixty-seven points in the second half of that game. That's more than that's more points than Genesee had in the entire game. I, that's ridiculous. And I think the storyline going in not only was the fact that they're after the win, now on a 12-game win streak. It was 11 games, and now 12. Jeremiah Sparks, as you mentioned, eclipsed 1,000 points in that game in only three years, which I think is the craziest part about mm-hmm. it. Only his third year in the program, and he's now reached 1,000 points, the only the 19th player in program history to do so. 
Yeah, and he ended up being with 26 points on uh, on the day to get that. He only needed uh, 15 at the time. He only needed 15, yeah, and he was able to get that 1,000 points. So congratulations to Jeremiah Sparks being able to just be you know, an offensive catalyst for this team. Yeah. You know, as we mentioned um, in the interview, uh, Coach Leone was saying that his development was everything. Was yeah, exactly. able to was able to just come in from you know not really being as good of a shooter and as good of uh, on defense as he mentioned, and then just overall just you know taking care of his body and just being able to develop really well and being able to eclipse that uh, thousand career points as you mentioned and. You know, it, it's just looking at this game, it, it's just you get to 12, 12 straight, right? And and this is, you know, this is kind of reminding me of last year when yeah. they were just able to, you know, take a rough loss, you know, to a Suniac opponent and then just go flying through their schedule. And the good thing about it is now, Brian, is that they have not only – have a 12-game winning streak. Five of their next seven games are at home. Yeah, when, yeah. As I mean, Coach Leo mentioned to us in his interview, those mini seasons that he talked about, upcoming one just with that next game, one just ended, another one starts right now, as they hit a five-game homestand. Mm-hmm. Like that is perfect for the way their season is. But as like obviously we talked about in the interview, Coach Leo mentioned it. Playing as they play so much on the road, this could be a little a weird change of pace for them at home. But I mean, I'm always one that says home court advantage, home field advantage is key in anything. They're playing for home court advantage in the Suniacs, so I don't think they'll falter at all under in here. Like I think this will be fine. Yeah, they're gonna. I think they keep rolling throughout here. Yeah, I I agree with you, and I feel like when we mentioned before in uh, season five was that. It was very important for Leon and this basketball team to have a road front-loaded schedule mm-hmm. because it taught them a lot, you know, being on the road, how to play on the road, because now you have pretty much a more easier schedule, even though uh, Coach Leon was like, we're not guaranteed a victory even if we're at home. But, you know, as the – as the history and has the stats tell you is that the Lakers, when they're at home, they dominate and being able to have these home games at the latter half of the season. And then just even being able to close out the season with two games on the road, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna help them because when we get into the Suniacs and then, you know, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here going into the NCAs, um, NCAA's uh, tournament, you know, if they're able to uh, have that, you know, good, um, if they're able to get a lot of um, chemistry on the road and then at home, they can be able to play against those tough opponents during um, the NCAA's and then it'll help them out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think this next home stretch is going to be perfect, is good for them just to be home and not have to deal with the traveling aspect of it. Um, 
looking at the standings right now, the Lake they're back in first place. Brockport took a loss a couple weekends ago to Cortland, so the Lakers jumped them in the standings. They're back up to number one, which means if the season ends, if the season were to end today, they'd be in first. They would host Suniacs. They still have to play Brockport. That is one of their road games left. They obviously that's the team they lost to at home, which they hadn't done in over a year, which was crazy. That was a crazy loss. But obviously, if you want to. Talk, if you want to hear us talk about that, go back a few, go back to season five. That's when we talk heavily about that. Um, but this road stand, this home stand will be good for them. And then again, they hit Rockport one more time, which is in those final two games. Uh, it's going to be an interesting stretch for them as they look to clinch home court advantage. And there is no, and there is no way that the Lakers, when they go into Brockport, they are not going to be playing with some motivation uh, no. yeah. oh my. 100%. like the reason why they're so close right now is because of that loss to brockport and they're like you're going to embarrass us at our home court we're going to reverse it and we're going to embarrass you on your home court and we're going to take that suniac uh first place uh championship right right from you so we, we can only hope we can only hope that they do exactly that. But we're still five games away from that. And coming up this weekend is the start of the homestand with Friday night's game versus Plattsburgh State Coaches versus Cancer weekend for both for all sports. Women's hockey, unfortunately, not playing this weekend, so they're not going to be a part of it. But men's women's basketball, men's basketball, men's hockey, I'll get Coaches versus Cancer weekend. And this Plattsburgh State game is just kind of a way to prove they can still win at home. They haven't played at home in a while. A little a couple weeks. They beat Plattsburgh in Plattsburgh, 86-74, back on December 11th. That would have been the weekend that we went home after finals. Mm. But this is uh, their first test. I mean, Plattsburgh certainly, I mean, they kept it 12 points in that game. They're 7-10 and 10 this year, 3-7 and seven in the conference. So they're kind of outside looking in to the playoffs right now. But as you are talking about playoffs too, we talk about so much Suniacs. One thing that we've talked about a lot with some of our colleagues and friends is that home court advantage for the semifinals and finals goes to the one seed. Mm-hmm. The three and four seeds will host six, seeds five and six mm-hmm. at their home. So the host for those first round, the quarterfinal matchups, the two seed doesn't host anything. Yeah. So the Lakers here are they do need to kind of show that they they need they do need to win down there. If I think if they take a loss then beat Brockport they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean I'd prefer them just to win out here because I don't want the, the last thing I want to see is a two seed. They're, I don't want to see them not have a single home game. Right. Because that's where it gets so much. Oh, harder. It, it does, and especially against a tough Suniac. I mean, if you're going to be expected to play a whole tournament in Brockport. That is going to be very tough, yes. especially if you end up possibly losing against either Plattsburgh or Potsdam, which I'm not wishing on, but I'm just saying if you it can't, gets, yeah, it, yeah. It, gets, it gets very tough because. Well, in the three after that are the three, like the real test. Right. It's only on to Cortland. Right. Cortland at one point was the number one team in the Suniac this season before Oswego went up there and beat them. Yep. Oneonta, can we just be in a very close game mm-hmm. just, I believe, last weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, January yeah January 20th, last Friday, they beat them by eight in Oneonta. That's a Sunni Championship rematch. So 
we know that Oneonta's team has experience in high-pressure games here in Oswego. Not that they, not, they didn't win the game, but it's still pressure. And then the New Paltz team, though, we just blew them out 106-75. to um, is still a team that beat the Lakers in the past. Mm-hmm. Last season, they were, the, they were that one student loss last season. So this, so Plattsburgh State Potsdam, you're not, you're not worried about as much. It's the three after that at home, followed by then Brockford on the road. That stretch of four games is the toughest. It's a really tough stretch. Those are New Paltz, Cortland, Oneonta, Brockport, two through five. So five, starting at New Paltz, going from five to two. In the yeah, right yeah, and um, you're we're just we're just focused on that uh, Plattsburgh game. You can't overlook them. No, you, you you can't overlook them um, because they still have. You know, you you mentioned they're outside looking in, but you look at the teams overall, or even in the conference. Like you look at Potsdam, Geneseo, uh, they're four and four and six. They're both four and six, and they have seven and ten, six and ten, uh, and then Plattsburgh seven and ten. But Plattsburgh's only three and seven. They're gonna try to get a last uh, ditch effort to go up the standing so you can't overlook this team and they're only a game behind Genesee over that six spot exactly and it's going to be it's going to be something to see if um Plattsburgh is able to just go in against the Lakers and give them a tough test because you know taking a loss especially against a Suniac opponent that's not really right you know with you it it won't mean much with the standings maybe right now, but down the road, down the road it could haunt you. So I'm, I think this weekend is obviously every game <laughs> from the latter half of this season is going to be important, but especially the ones against, as you mentioned, New Paltz, Oneana, and Cortland. That's got to be a three-game stretch where you need to dominate. Yeah, um, I do also. I had just I had been doing some uh, a little math yesterday while I was in class talking to Joey Pulaski, the play-by-play guy for the men's basketball team at NYO, because Jeremiah obviously thousand-point scorer um, in just his third year. Did a little projecting out if he kind of if his scoring if he keeps the scoring keeps the scoring average or gets better um, from here on out to so the rest of the season plus next season, he could end up top five all time in. Lakers scoring. Wow. That, that was the crazy thing to me. Because I was curious. I was like, other points in year three with games to go, mm-hmm. he could end up around 1,500 points for his career, which would put him right around 6'5 in that all time list. Yep. So that's just another thing to look out for. More next season than this season. But, you know, as we get closer to those numbers towards the no, next season, just needs to remember Jeremiah Sparks could very much end up looking at, like, the number one. Or sorry, in, in that top ten. Yep. For men's basketball, Oswego State men's basketball all-time score. And that will be a that will be something to look uh, forward to. A little future tidbit for the 2023-24 season. But yeah, moving on to the women's side of the court. Uh, it's not as uh, th- it's not as exciting as the men's basketball team as. They have been on a five-game losing streak, and as it's a it's a big cloud hanging for this women's basketball team, as it has just been really not their brand of basketball as we've seen early in the season. You know they were able to 
pretty much dominate or excuse me, not dominate, but beat Suniac opponents. But now it seems like they're finding their Achilles heel with the Suniac now 11 and seven overall and four and seven in conference. Yeah. So it, and we're just looking at um, the, on this five game losing streak lost against Geneseo after beating uh, Buffalo State. So since that January 6th, 7th uh, weekend, they split that weekend. And then Cortland, they lost a pretty much abysmal game, 75-30. to 30, And they haven't even been able to eclipse over 50 points in any of these games that they've lost since that Geneseo game. And, I mean, it has just been... A nightmare for Sean Pinkerton as this five-game losing streak has just been not, not something to uh, something really um, really not look up to yeah luckily the women's schedule pretty much almost exactly mirrors the men's schedule as far as conference play goes they, the men's women's basketball conference schedule is perfectly mirrored mm. home and home, like with home games yep um, so they're also about to hit a five-game home stretch. They are six and two at home. Obviously, you just mentioned that Geneseo loss, which was was right. at home, but they protected home court pretty well this year. So hopefully, during this stretch, they can kind of pick things back up. Plattsburgh is only two and eight this year. They're six and eleven overall, two and eight in the conference. So they're not a team that's overly formidable. Formidable. Um, they. Beat them in overtime on December 11th. So they already have a win over them this season. Another one could, and just kind of taking the season serious could be nice. Pots team only a game above them. They actually, and the reason they are above them is because they're a four and six. So that there's just the single loss in incomers loss is the difference there for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They did lose by 10 in Pots team to them the day before December 10th. But, um, these two could be the start of a refresh here. A little bit. Get rid of the get rid of the road. Get rid of the losing on the road. You come home. You get two teams. Just like, as the men's side, they're not that good. You, uh, you can overlook them, especially the way this team is playing right now. Every game matters when they're trying to fight for those last seeds in the Thomas tournament. But these are the two teams that right now it would be nice to see because the game right after that is New Paltz, and they haven't lost their 10-0 in the conference. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Brian, home games, we mentioned for men's basketball, home games is where both of these teams seem to do very well. So there is some hope for this Oswego women's basketball team to just get back on the horse and get going because, you know, you got Plattsburgh and Potsdam this weekend, just like uh, men's basketball, New Paltz, Oneana, SUNY Cortland, and then you got Brockport, who who beat you early in the season, and it seemed like that was where they were kind of like thrown off a little bit, and then you end the season with Fredonia. So it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see if, you know, the Lakers can change their game plan a little bit, get some urgency in there, kind of just find their um, best players and get the ball to them because that is going to help them out for the rest of these games mm-hmm. and you know brian it's 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 been a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle for this uh women's 
basketball team, yeah. and it, it it's something we're 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 hoping that they can get, uh, as I mentioned, back on the horse or and through this five game home stretch. And I have a question for you: Is this weekend the biggest? Easily this season. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I, sorry, I knew the question. Early. I knew the question yeah. early, but yeah, it is the biggest. It is the yeah. biggest weekend this season. They need to turn this. They have to win at least one of these games this weekend to turn things around. I think they they have to win both. I, think they have to win, I mean, I think they have to win both. But I think if you get swept this weekend yeah. at home, yeah, to, uh, it is it's just so demoralizing. Especially if the games aren't close. Especially if the games are close, but I mean, if they aren't close, aren't close, yeah. yeah if they, if they, if it's 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 demoralizing either way. Yeah. If it's it's demoralizing if it's a blow, it's demoralizing if it's close. Yeah. I mean, I would say almost equally demoralizing because right. like, you think if you win, if you first game's close, you lose a close one. It's like, I was like, oh, we were so close, but the, but we we still lost again. Right. Where if it's blown out, it's like God, we just got blown out again. Either way, right. we gotta get a win this weekend. Yep. Um, especially with, like I said, New Paltz, the top team in the SUNY for winning basketball right now. And then Oneonta, they're 7-3, and three. they're number 4. Then Portland, they're 10-1, and one. they're number 2. Like, you get you start off the homestand with the easier teams before mm-hmm. getting to the harder teams. If you can't beat the easy teams, this losing streak is just going to continue. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's something that we, as, you know, People are as people who talk about all of these teams. We we never want to see uh, trends continue no, here for not bad ones. and not not bad ones because it seems like last season with uh, this women's basketball team, obviously they made better strides than or much bigger strides than last season. They weren't even I think they were two in. Uh, they had two wins. They they were. They were unable to get anything going, and you know they've they've made some strides, especially in the Suniac. But it seems like that Suniac is something that is really haunting them, and it's been that with a lot of teams. I feel like that's just the theme of this whole. Uh, for it was pretty much the theme of season five, you know, uh, for fall sports. Oh, you do great against non-conference opponents. You run into the Suniac. Ah, oh, well, season's over. It's just. That is uh, that, that's a trend that most of these um, Lakers teams don't, or all of them, they don't want to go through. So you you you're looking for at least to beat your conference, especially where I mean I would I would I don't want to say this this women's team had an easy non-conference guys, but they definitely had some easier opponents. But some of them were certainly not like the easiest teams out there, especially like that early the early Mac Zeal tournament. Mm-hmm. Those were Keystone and St. Pauli were close games. Those were good opponents that they right. beat. Uh, Wells was what it was. I mean, it's a blowout. Wells is not anything special, but Alfred was in there too. They kept they played a tight game. That was a good one. And then you kept you kept the momentum going into the Suniacs. So it's not like you can't beat it. I think they I think this team rides momentum very well. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, after they beat Plattsburgh in overtime, they had. I don't want to say a demoralizing loss to Colgate, which we touched on in our episode, season six, episode zero, a little bit, because um, it's just they were Colgate's division one opponent. Like you were never going to beat them, and it was always going to be probably it was mm-hmm. almost always going to be a blowout. It would have been surprising if it wasn't a blowout, to be completely honest. Right. Um, 
But even after that, you, you went to Alfred, you beat Alfred. You beat, then you went to Buffalo State, you beat Buffalo State. So the momentum kept going. Mm-hmm. You then ran into Geneseo at home. You lost that one. That one's tough. And then, again, it's the same stretch of three teams, Cortland Oneonta, New Paltz, some of the best teams in the conference that are now just beating up on you. Yeah, and, and the thing is, after Geneseo came, or, or after that Geneseo game, they, it seemed like they weren't together. No. Eh, they they were not together. Um, it just seemed like they weren't playing uh, with, you know, as you know, playing as competitive as they played early in this season. I mean, they lost by twenty one against Geneseo. I know that's not great, but they put up fifty two points and they were able to win sixty four to fifty six. But then losing seventy five to thirty, like. And then losing sixty-four to thirty-two, like these are like over thirty-point losses. Yeah. Over 30, 40 point losses. I mean. And then they went to New Paltz, and I don't know, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Now that that New Paltz game, like they still lost by what twenty-seven, but like they they broke the streak of thirty-point games. They yeah. got back to forty-seven, which is nice to see. They still give up seventy-four points, but they kind of was like almost. It's almost a bounce back there. It's yeah, like, but you lose, you get thirty points and a loss, thirty two points and a loss. You get double, you, your points double each time. You come back, you put up forty seven. It's a lot better game, and then thirty four again, almost getting your points doubled. It's well, like what happened? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and it's just like the like the offense. Okay, you you can say yeah, going from thirty two to forty seven. Yeah, that's a good jump, but you're still giving up seventy points against a Suniac team. And then, and then, putting up over over sixty points, and you're not going to be able to score with them. It's just it's not going to work out in your favor. So yes, biggest weekend coming up here: Plattsburgh, Plattsburgh, and Potsdam. And you just got to show up. You got to show up. This is this is a make or break weekend because if you get swept, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but you can kiss the season goodbye. Yeah. It's it it doesn't seem like much is gonna come from here, and I'm hoping uh, hoping we can our our motivation can motivate motivate them. If anybody's listening from the uh, Oswego yeah. women's basketball team, we gotta we gotta rejuvenate. We gotta get this team back on the horse, yes. get them back in there, okay. snap this losing streak, and let's go. But uh, before we get into any hockey talk. We'll like to shout out the Oswegonian as the Oswegonian is the independent student-run newspaper of SUNY Oswego. Every Friday during the semester, the writers and staff release a weekly edition of the paper. Each edition contains the latest news, sports, reviews, and opinions from the writers of the Oswegonian. Check out each story online on the Oswegonian website. So we'll, we'll jump from Zeal to the stand, to Deb. The stand. The stand. I don't know the stand. 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 Game back in December third, it was lost. Lost to Amherst. They beat Potsdam on the road. Tied. No, sorry. Beat Potsdam at home. Tied with Canton at home. 
lost to Utica, lost to Plattsburgh again, lost to Plattsburgh again, and then this weekend finally comes back. 3-1 over Buffalo State, 3-2 to Morris, Morrisville State. Much needed wins to get back on the winning side of things, being, uh, getting rid of a bad streak of games. They get a nice weekend off here. They're not play, they, don't, they, have, they don't have a game this weekend, so they, they will have the will have gone... How many games are we looking at here? Or how many days? Ten days between Morris, the Morrisville win last Saturday. We record this on on January 26th, going to the William Smith game next Tuesday in Geneva. So, uh, this team... It looks good this weekend. I, I was here. I was helping WTOP work the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, I think going into the weekend, it was like, okay, it's Buffalo State, Morrisville. Teams historically that aren't that good, and they only it was only 3-1 and 3-2. But honestly, they looked really good. They were passing well. They were moving the puck yeah. really well. They were moving themselves. were moving really well through the zones, um, getting good looks. So I was really uh, happy with what I saw personally after watching this team a bunch this year. This was one of their better-looking weekends as a whole especially coming off a demoralizing weekend back up in Plattsburgh with the double yeah. back-to-back losses to them. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, as a, as a as a whole, this weekend, not only good for them as, like, getting two wins, it, they looked good. They looked like they were running, this, running the system really well mm. as well. Yeah, they looked, they looked like they were back. I mean, being able to get those two wins against Buffalo State and Morrisville just kind of, just kind of get right back to, you know, your brain of hockey. I feel like, you know, when I was on the perch with Kyle Spizak and Thomas Tallarino for the close Plattsburgh State game, you know, I'm just seeing as the schedule goes, um, it just it just seemed like since that game, since they were so close in beating Plattsburgh and Plattsburgh losing two straight for the first time in how many years, um or against against newell opponents um it just seemed like they weren't really getting anything going they lost three nothing against amherst were able to pick up a win against potsdam but then just not really doing much against utica canton and then obviously you mentioned plattsburgh state so but the thing is is they have to go on the road now and right now they are five and four on the road you know pretty pretty respectable five and four you know they're above 500 in that uh category but it's jenny it's william smith suny canton then suny potsdam and then they end the season with Cortland and buffalo state at home so you know most of these games are in conference as four of them uh four of their last five are in conference so if they want to be able to get into these uh, newell playoffs. They got to uh, th- they got to win most of these games. I would say um, against the newell opponents, they would have to win probably three out of the four at least. Yeah, I mean, I think they even have to win out. Here. They might have to win out. Okay. I mean, so despite the the extended um, losing streak, or not even losing streak, but extended uh, just poor poor game streak. I'm gonna put it that way because. Got the win, got the tie, three points. Three points over uh, during that isn't great, especially with... But anyways, they're still sitting in second. My point is they're still sitting in second place in the Newell. 
Now, granted, they have 17 points from 13 games. Mm-hmm. Plattsburgh in front of them, they're not. I mean, they're not catching Plattsburgh at this point. Yep. He's only playing 11. They got 20. Yeah. And then not far behind, right behind them, Cortland at 16 points has only played 10. Cortland has an extra three three conference games they have to play mm-hmm. to to be level with us. We go. I don't see the Lakers um, still being ahead of them. I don't think Cortland's going to drop and like not get a single point like from three games. Yeah. So, I mean that that SUNY Cortland game February tenth on that Friday. That's going to be the biggest one of the season. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest one. Um, so February tenth Friday, mark your calendars because uh, women women's hockey. Oswego State Lakers versus SUNY Cortland uh, Red Dragons. That's going to be the biggest one of the season because that is going to be somewhere where you can be able to have that second, you know, second place spot going into the playoffs, and that's just going yeah, to be exactly. help help them out there. And then actually, you, just looking at oh, well, I, again, I, I, again, I don't think looking at their schedule now. I don't think they're gonna. They have Potsdam and Canton for the next two games mm-hmm. this weekend. That's tomorrow, Friday 27th, 28th, there. Yeah. Home versus Canton. So I don't think they're going to drop points there. I don't think. Nope. I think they probably will jump the Lakers and then still have a game in, um, game in hand. But following that is their doubleheader weekend in Plattsburgh. They also have to go to Plattsburgh for back-to-back games. Now, the only difference there is that this Cortland team was the one team to beat Plattsburgh from the Newell, ever. And they, but they did it at home. Mm-hmm. So, but this Cortland team knows they can beat Plattsburgh, so if they go and beat Plattsburgh, I mean, they could be looking at first place in the <laughs> Newell, which would be insane. I mean, the thing is, if they beat Plattsburgh, that could open the window for oh, Oswego. Yeah. That could that could open the door. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the Cortland-Plattsburgh game, you obviously have to see, okay, Cortland has beaten Plattsburgh. Obviously, it was in Cortland. Could be a little different, but, you know, they're not, they're not perfect. Like, Plattsburgh is not perfect. We've seen that this season. They are not perfect in, um, in the Newell anymore. So, the streak is broken, and uh, Cortland's the only one that's figured them out. If they can figure out them once, I'm sure they can figure them out again. And, yeah, exactly. you know, these four games, um, or excuse me, five games, will be, will be the, we'll, we'll have to see what um, they can do and see what they can bring to the table here with, you know, three of them straight on the road and, and the last two at home. We'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. And I think another one difference that I do want to mention about Newell with women's hockey up here in upstate New York is that they only have four teams make the playoffs. Unlike almost every SUNYAC sport, they're not a, they're technically not SUNYAC. They are. I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're like run by the SUNYAC, but they're not. They're not technically SUNYAC. They're the Northeast Women's Hockey League. Mm. Um, only four teams make it into the playoffs because there's only seven teams in the conference. Yep. So. Uh, they, the Lakers can't go on a bad streak. Here. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they, they, they have a nice gap. There is a five-point gap to Canton in that fourth-place spot, and then down to them, it's nine points to Potsdam. They yeah. only get two points from a win. Mm-hmm. No. Three? Shoot. 
I should I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's two. It's two points for a win. So, I mean, nothing set in stone. Like they're not they haven't clinched anything yet, but they're close to clinching. So, it's just it's good to know. But all these other teams, they have, they've played the most games in Suniac, and Potsdam just like Carlin only are only at ten games played. So it's just something to look out for is that this Lakers team, despite like being in second space, being in second place, they're not safe because these other teams have a couple games to catch up to the same games played. The uh, they, yeah, they do. And what, what I'm just looking at the standings right now: Plattsburgh, Oswego, Cortland, Canton. So top four teams make it, and you know Potsdam's uh, knocking on the door there for um, against Canton. So, but I'm not I. I can't see the Lakers falling any lower than third unless no. something really drastic. drastic happens where they just lose out and uh, Canton and Potsdam just go up. Yeah. Um, Luckily, no offense to Buffalo State, we do have Buffalo State on that final day of the season. Yeah, so, but that could... So that hopefully, I mean, Buffalo State is winless this year in the conference. They have four, like, they're 0 0 11 and 0. They, have, they yeah. literally haven't even, like, Lost in overtime. They haven't. Right. They've lost all of their losses are regulation losses. Yeah, and they haven't even been able to tie anyone yet. So yeah, so it's a good. That's a good thing for the Lakers that mm. you have to think that's almost a guaranteed two points. Hopefully, I, mean, I don't know, think anything's guaranteed, Brian anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. They beat them nine to. They beat them nine to in Buffalo. So I'm hoping on a home ice, it's even better. True, but every every time it's guaranteed, every time people say it's guaranteed, it goes the other way. Exactly. So. Yeah, you're you know, you're not, you're, we can never uh, can never guarantee anything. But we'll move from women's hockey to the men's side of the Deb. As, yeah, the stand, the Deb stand. The Deb stand. In, uh, so now the men's hockey team, Brian, they had a horrendous loss to Plattsburgh. Yeah. Uh, horrendous is definitely the word for it as we look we look at the matchup six to one against Plattsburgh and they just played them in Plattsburgh and won two to one January 7th and then 13 days later they couldn't score they they couldn't even they couldn't even match their uh points that they had 13 days prior. It's so hard to look at. It's so it's just an eyesore. It's an eyesore with all of these other matchups that they um, that they've done uh, throughout this season. And then they were able to pick it back up and win against Potsdam uh, four to three, which was you know kind of like all right, <laughs> good thing that we won against Potsdam just to have that weekend not be the worst weekend in the world um but yeah. you look at the uh i'm looking at their schedule six goals allowed is the worst they've done all year too. yeah and you can't it's to the rivals yeah to the rival you can't do that oh, <laughs> sorry it is it's very hard for me to talk about this because it is just it was horrendous. it was also the rival that they beat five to one in whiteout right i mean what 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 flipped the switch in that 13 days? Did they just... I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, personally, I need to move on from this. <laughs> I need to, 
the, na- the next day they went to Potsdam and they won 4-3. Yep. Now, there was a scare in that Plattsburgh game for the Lakers. Cow Shell picked up a knock, picked up an injury. Um, he had to miss the Potsdam game. Mm-hmm. Perrant played in goal. Yep. Um, according to Ben Grico of the Palladium Times, he's the sports editor there, former former Oswego student, um, so covers so one of the biggest coverage of this men's hockey team. Um, he was back skating on the ice this week, so hopefully we see him tomorrow night versus Cortland. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't, I don't think it'll, it'll be long after that until we see him. So. He's skating again. Yeah. So and we're, we're, we should be, like, he should be fine. Yeah, and it's a good sign that he is able to come back because, you know, I've I've interviewed him before. I've talked to him before. He's a, uh, you know, he's a good goalie, good person, you know, able to just uh, be able to, and just having a lot of success as a freshman. Yeah. So um, we're hoping that he can be, uh, he can come back. You know, if it's not for this game, come back at some point in the season to uh, make an make an impact as he has all season. But yeah, you mentioned they beat Potsdam four to three. Uh, reverse whatever happened in that uh, Plattsburgh game, um, and just being able to you know take advantage of um, a lot of uh, you know as Con- uh, Connor Sleeth was able to um, shorthand and winning goal um, and, you know, just being able to take a take a victory, you know, out of being tied 3-3 late in the period. They were just able to get it done. And, you know, that's all you can ask for. But, you know, that, that, that Plattsburgh loss, Brian, I know you don't want to – I know you don't want to talk about it, but it's just – it's – it's an eyesore. It's an eyesore, and it's something that we we have to address because it it, it can't go just untalked about. It can't just go. We can't not discuss it because yeah. I mean, we could. It, it's just we're facing against Cortland, and now we're facing Geneseo. You know, Cortland this Friday tomorrow. As the time of our recording, we're recording uh, 26. This will be out. Hopefully the twenty seventh. Yes, and then now, uh, and then the next Friday will be into the night um, against SUNY Geneseo. Night, cheekily spelled with K, because they're the nights. Of course, into the night, where uh, we'll be. Geneseo comes to town. Geneseo will come to town, and then. Yeah. The... Let's talk the Cortland game now, because exactly. this is big game. Cortland yep. formidable opponent currently. Fourth in the SUNYAC at one point this year, they were pushing to get onto the, the national poll. I don't think they ever fully got on there. I think they were like, I think the highest they got was one spot out. So um, they're still good though. We, we beat them five to four in Cortland earlier this year. Um, they are six two and four in the conference. Um, Eleven seven and one as a team. So they're certainly a formidable opponent and a team we can't overlook. So we definitely like they need to play well this weekend. Like they need to play well tomorrow, get bounce back from last weekend where it was a really close game in Potsdam. Bounce back from we talk about Plattsburgh, unfortunately, and uh, as a whole, like 
this Cortland team is good. Like they're good. They're coming off their own loss to Plattsburgh, so they they did the opposite of us. They went to Potsdam first, then Plattsburgh, mm-hmm. where they lost two two to one. So not nearly as bad as we did. Uh, but they beat Potsdam seven to three. Yep. And before that, had won a few games, including some out of, some non conference over the over their winter break. I believe they hosted a tournament. I'm not. Uh, no, they didn't. I don't think they hosted a tournament, but they ha- they hosted a few non conference opponents. Um. So they're they're good this year. They're certainly good this year. They're good every year. And I'm a little a little scared. Yeah, a little worried. Just because uh, the way this team's been playing, like the momentum, I don't think momentum's on their side. No, it, it, momentum is definitely not on their side right now. And uh, Cortland lost two to one against Plattsburgh uh, uh, January twenty first. So Plattsburgh was able to get up to fifteen points now, one point behind Oswego for first place. Yeah, with with one less game. One less game, yes. And and then and then you can't forget about Geneseo. We we did beat them in uh, their home ice, but they are at 13 points and Oswego's at 16. And I believe now it's two points for. It's yeah. Yeah, it's two, two points, points for, for now. And they have two less games. Two less games. Yes. Yeah, so, so that wins and they're jumping us. One win. That if they make up those two games, those two wins. They win both the games they have on us. Uh, they jump us. Plattsburgh wins the one game they have on us. They jump us. Mm. Um, so, or yeah, we're first right now, but it certainly isn't safe. Oh, yeah. Geneseo is on a two-game win streak. Uh, they beat Hamilton last Saturday, 3-0. They beat Morrisville in a very tight game, 5-4, in Geneseo. Morrisville playing really well this year mm-hmm. props to them huge <laughs> huge turnaround to their program yep um but bad loss early in the season yeah i mean morrisville beat us at home so and i i knew i knew that loss was going to come back to bite us and i know it's going to because it's just ugh, it's just that is a game where you're going in there and you're like you're expected to win yeah and the fact that they weren't able to Get a victory there. It just it, it it was it was mind-boggling, and now that might come back to bite us. But the only positive thing that you can that you can take from this Oswego team now is that they control their own destiny. They're in first place right now, yeah. right? If they're if they want to, um, if they want to host the Suniacs, they just gotta win. they they got to they got to look at the opponents on their schedule they can't look at other people other teams opponents they can't look at plattsburgh's opponents and hope plattsburgh loses i mean obviously you can after your game but you have to focus on this next game against suny Cortland, and then you got to pretty much focus on the suny geneseo game if you're able to take to uh both of those games wow you you've put the momentum back into your hands and you yeah. are controlling this Suniac, but it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a big physical battle because then you got Brockport and Morrisville State. Um, yeah, luckily, well, yeah, you say Brockport, Morrisville, Brockport, and Morrisville, and then Buff State and Fredonia. Yeah, luckily, 
those are five of uh, four of the bottom five teams. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo State currently in fifth place. Morrisville sixth. Or Fredonia, Fredonia sixth. Morrisville seven. Brockport eight. So luckily, it's the bottom. They yeah. Get, they get Cortland, Geneseo, and that's the bottom of the uh, Sunak. But Buffalo State and Fredonia are currently in flat positions. So they're right. they're they're going to start going into kind of overdrive, like push, make sure we hold off these other teams and make the playoff mode. This so. yeah, and and that is definitely something that. Uh, the Lakers need to keep an eye on because if you're able to win against SUNY Cortland, SUNY and Geneseo, yes, you have a little bit more a breathing room, but you have to take you have to take advantage of Brockport and Morrisville in order to build yourself enough cushion or even possibly at that point clinch playoffs and hopefully a first round um, home ice. So when Buffalo State and Fredonia come town they don't have that much of competitive spoiling edge as Fredonia did last season with Geneseo obviously it didn't really matter for Geneseo because they were able to get home ice and <laughs> advance all the way to the um championship against Adrian but yeah but I mean another thing like the two seed just like men's basketball might be the worst thing possible too though not the worst thing possible I mean obviously you're the two seed yeah um uh, but just like men's basketball, first round first round of games is played on the campus of th- of the three and the four seed. Yeah. Uh, three seed hosts six, four seed hosts five. Semifinals are all played at the one seed. Yeah. So if they don't clinch the first seed and then end up in second, they're not getting a home playoff game. That second game is I don't know I don't know why they do this. It kind of makes sense in basketball where you can play back-to-back games. In hockey, it's so much harder to play back-to-back games on the same ice. Mm-hmm. You can do it, but like the ice gets worse for that second game, I feel like. Yeah. Or, or not, unlike a basketball court. I don't know why they can't just give the two-seed a home game, too. It's, also, yeah. it's not like they're like the games are like back-to-back days. Right. Like, honestly, that first, the first round of games is going to be Wednesday, February 22nd. It's three days from then to the semifinals on February 25th. And then it's a whole week to the championship game. Like, can't... Why can't the two seed just also host a game? Like with Suniak bat- with basketball, the semifinals and the finals are a day apart. Mm. Semifinals are played on the Saturday, sun- finals are played on the Sunday. Why I don't know in hockey they're not that way, so I don't know why they can't just make it all like make give the two seed a home game. Because it would make too much sense. Yeah, because it would make too much sense. Yeah. Make too much sense. So, yeah. Honestly, I mean not that I don't want the two seed, but I don't want the two seed because I want them to play. I want them to get a game on at home here. I think I'd rather play. Like get like be the three seed and play a home game. Yeah, and then just end up like in Geneseo or in Cortland or in Plattsburgh again. I just rather somebody else. I'd just rather get the one seed and just play oh, throughout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's a, if we don't get the one seed. Yeah, right. But yes, I'd obviously would rather just clinch the one and be done with it and just we host. And you know what? It also just be fun for us as media org workers and just being able to work some student playoff games. Oh. Just imagine, just a, I was about to bring that up. Imagine men's hockey and men's basketball, and men's basketball both get and maybe some women's hockey. I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe women's basketball. Maybe we get a whole oh four. If that happens, I would. Maybe. Well, I'll give you five bucks. You give me five bucks. All right. That's we'll host a playoff game. All right. Well, wow. There. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting that five bucks, but um, that is going to do it for the. 
first episode of season six of the 104 Sports Report. Thank you all for tuning in uh, to this episode. You know, we covered a lot, and we are hoping that you guys will stick with us during season six. We got a lot of uh, different things coming up here. We got a lot of more social media coming during this season, and we got a lot of a lot of uh, interviews, a lot of you know, you know, player interviews, coaches interviews, media org interviews as we get ready for some winter sports playoffs coming up. Got a couple weeks till then, but it's going to be interesting to see. But that is going to do it, and we are officially back in Oswego. But for Brian Burroughs, I'm Alex Brooks. Have a good night. See ya.